Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Strike, the MCU podcast with a British twist. As ever, the leader of this motley clue, I am your host, P-Dubs, and as promised, this is our review of Thor Ragnarok. The team will be joining me in their full glory shortly, but first I want to give you an insight into what inspired this wonderful piece of comic-inspired cinema. Let's start with the title of the film, and the big inspiration, Ragnarok. The comic version of Ragnarok is a very different beast. In fact, that beast was a clone. With Thor thought dead, Tony Stark went about creating something that would help in the same way Thor would have. This became a clone of the Odin Sun, created alongside Hank Pym and Reed Richards via DNA from Thor's hair, retrieved during the first meeting of the Avengers. Activated during Civil War, Ragnarok was more than met the eye. The war got worse until the clone murdered Goliath and set about taking out the rest of the unregistered heroes. He was deactivated by a vocal code that Reed Richards had embedded in him. He did return to the battle once Richards had repaired his brain through surgery, but he was easily defeated by Hercules and Storm. His remains were delivered to Baron von Blitzschlag to be experimented on. He would return to the secret invasion story, where it was revealed not only was there a clone of Thor, but we find that the Hank Pym that had co-created him was also a clone, but not of Pym, but a scroll. He had built in a program that would awaken the clone if the invasion was unsuccessful. Ragnarok would reappear multiple times, reawakened once more by Norman Osborn to join the Dark Avengers, only to be defeated by Wolverine, Spider-Man and Iron Fist, after which he would join the Thunderbolts. Moving on to another comic run that more heavily influenced the story, Planet Hulk. With Hulk and Banner dispatched into space by the Illuminati, after causing a major incident in Las Vegas, Hulk crashes on the planet Scar, or Sakaar, even. He is captured by the planet's Red King, who forces him to fight in gladiator matches, after gaining control of the Green Goliath with an obedience disc. Hulk would go on to make a pact with fellow gladiators Brood, Alokafi, Lavinsky, Heroim, Meek, and Korg, who we have now met. As the gladiators get closer to release, they are forced to fight the Silver Surfer. Hulk smashes the obedience disc, the surfer is wearing and they all escape. Surfer gives Hulk the chance to return to Earth, but he decides to stay. Eventually, having been on run from the Red King, Hulk defeats him. He has amassed followers on his journey and they believe he is the saviour of the planet. During the defeat, Kaira, the Red King's lieutenant, would opt to join Hulk's fight. She would eventually become Hulk's wife and fall pregnant with his child. But all did not turn out well for the family. Hulk's shuttle, while being turned into a monument of the king, would self-detonate, destroying the city, including Kaira. Hulk would return to Earth with his fellow gladiators, blaming the Avengers for what happened. But that, folks, is a story for another place and time. And joining me now in the Mouse's Head's game room, uh, first of all, the returning master of all podcasts, Mr Craig Lucas. Thanks for having me back. Well, why wouldn't we? And his fellow little scouser, Josh. <laughs> Hello. And the elder statesman, Mr. Tony Bufton. Good evening. So, following on, obviously, just done a, a little bit of a, a recap of the Thor Ragnarok storyline in the comics and the Planet Hulk storyline. We're going to talk, obviously, about the film now. Now, I think we kind of try and mix things up with these reviews. We don't kind of tend to stick to talking about the storyline and such. We talk about the character development, and I think that works. So that's, that's what we're going to do. So, so let's start with the start of the film, I think, with something very different and something very Deadpool-like with the, the voiceover stuff at the beginning. It was, it was a very different take on, on the character to, to kick off the film, let alone... Um, kind of change it throughout the film. It was it was right from the off go that it was a, a very different film to the previous two Thors. What did you guys think of that? Mm. Okay. I, if anything, I did wonder whether they were kind of setting up that appearance in Guardians. Yeah. Mm. Well, I thought, hang on, is this is this my old film would have been one entire flashback? I wasn't hundred percent sure of it until the camera panned down and we mm. see what. We seen what was going on, basically. I was like, "Who here?" It was very strange, and it was it definitely set out the stall for Takey's directorial st- style. I think, um, mm. right from the word go. I I'm not going to beat around the bush. You guys have heard. 
I wasn't particularly looking forward to to this film. I I didn't like the way they they started to portray Thor. I didn't like his cameo at the end of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, I thought he was becoming a bit of a joke, to be honest. Um, and obviously we do see that scene in the film. Uh, it is in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, there wasn't much to that <laughs> scene with Doctor Strange. Um, but I think that is kind of the only bit that you actually laugh at Thor rather than with him. Mm. Um, that was my worries that it was gonna, it was gonna be playing the jokes on him. Whereas it kind of felt like he was in on the joke throughout the yeah. film. What did it, did anybody else have that that same feeling, or did they feel differently about it? This was very much an action movie with um, little comedy elements. It wasn't yeah, they were, a comedy they were quite film. Woven in, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a it was a buddy flick. Uh, in fact, that's why kind of when I came out of it, I kind of likened it to an eighties buddy flick. Yeah, it was very much in the vein of sort of parts of Lethal Weapon, Beverly Hills Cop, those sort of things, where there's, <laughs> I think my tweet at the time was, that, hey Marvel, the 1980s wants their, their movie back, because that's basically what it was. Yeah. It, 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 it was an ode to 80s sort of madcap action comedy, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I turned to me mate in the cinema and I said, let's be honest, like, apart from like the brilliant CGI, this is just an 80s film, isn't it? And he just <laughs> went, oh yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. And that kind of explains why we got that that change of logo, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it certainly yeah. does. It, it definitely took it to a, a different tone. Um, mm. Obviously, the, the original logo that they unveiled was very similar to to the first two films. Um, mm. With the change was was just completely different. It did definitely take on the the Guardians vibe that James Gunn has set up. We know James <laughs> Gunn is now in charge of that cosmic realm. Yeah, um, and I I do wonder whether he had a hand in picking picking the director and and some of the design choices as well. Um, a little nod, there was there was actually something Guardians of the Galaxy related in the film. I don't know whether anyone noticed it. Craig may have, um, but the the new oh, version of Tower no, of Terror, no pressure. the Tower of Terror was actually in the background. No. Um, the the new mission breakout, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disneyland, was in the background um, oh, on oh, the planet. Bosses. Yeah. Um, so James Craig Gunn definitely. Sp- oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Craig didn't spot something Disney related. I went to pictures with three kids, me. <laughs> <laughs> after a week of nights. Yeah, after a week okay. of nights. Excuses, excuses. Yeah. But. Uh, Moving on, that it quickly accelerated from from that point. Obviously, we meet Sotar, or however you say it, Sutar, or uh, there was different, yeah, there was different versions of it said throughout the film, um, and Hulk kind of takes him down rather quickly. Uh, I know a lot of people weren't expecting him to be that easily beaten. Um, and then it quickly moves the pace. We we get to, back to, to Asgard, um, and then that that Loki is now on the throne. Obviously, we'd already seen that, but the kind of the inner circle hadn't. Um, and we quickly learn that it, that it is Loki that's that's portraying Odin at that mm-hmm. point. And the the wonderful cameos, Craig. I know you couldn't quite get who they were. Um, but the cameo of Matt Damon, Sam Neill, and Luke Hemsworth um, portraying Loki, Thor, Liam. and Odin. Liam yeah. You've uh, got to say, Matt Damon! Not Matt Damon! Matt Damon! Matt Damon. Um, who's now been said if there is a Thor 4, try and say that quickly three times when you've been drinking, um, they will come back. Um, and portray the actual proper characters, I think, by the sound of it, um, rather than just pro- portraying the the ones that we already know. And oh, I thought yeah. I thought that was a really great insert, especially. I think the Matt Damon thing is a bit of a dig at Ben Affleck um, sure. now being a superhero. Um, mm. Well, for for a little while. Um, 
But Sam Neill's great in everything <coughs> he's in, and he's, he's another one of those Hollywood elder statesmen, I think, of that, that era. And we'll talk about another one of those shortly. Um, but the whole, I thought, I quite liked the whole Finding Odin story. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was like a little mini story, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was yeah. Very bittersweet, it obviously. Yeah, very bittersweet, and, and I think it really did set up what's to come for Thor if Chris Hemsworth does continue uh, after the Avengers films. It definitely sets up where that's going, I think. Um, mm. And certainly the whole introduction of Haler as well. Um, definitely that whole story just kind of wrapped up what we'd, we'd seen before and what was to come. Um, and the, the throwing in of Doctor Strange as well, I thought was was great just to get him involved I don't like those gloves. I know they are comic accurate, <laughs> but they are not right for that character. No, he, looks, he looks like he's just put them on and he's about to put two fingers up your bum hole. <laughs> I, I thought he looked a little bit like Gaston. Oh my god, yeah. Um, the oversized gloves with the cuffs on them, they just... Oh, of course, yeah. It's a, it's no a one sings like Gaston, you know. No, and no one sings like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> um, what I've got to say about Doctor Strange, though, he's he's definitely uh, fulfilled his destiny. You can see he's got a grip of his powers now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that was the whole point of having him in this film, was kind of, <coughs> with us only seeing him once, I think they needed to kind of move his storyline on so he's in the same sort of place for when he when he joins the Avengers next year. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Does he need some sort of character to say, oh yeah, I know him. Yeah. Because like, Thor's going to turn up in Avengers 4 and be like, hang on, who the hell's that black cat? Who the hell's that one with the bloody pointy uh, iron mask on? Like, Ant-Man mm. and all them, he's not going to know who like Peter Parker is, but he's going to know Doctor Strange, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I think that's probably deliberate. Yeah, he's, he's got email though, so he should know all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I really, as I said, I really enjoyed that that Odin getting killing him off. I think was the right yeah. thing to do at this point. Um, yeah. Let's be honest, Anthony Hopkins hasn't got many years left in him to look at. <laughs> Let, no, let's be perfectly honest. If we have a repeat of 2016, the way we lost all those actors, Anthony Hopkins will be one of them. I'm saying it right now, honestly. I think he's on his way out. <laughs> yeah, but Stanley's been pickled at this point. <laughs> it's Stanley's going to end up like Walt Disney. Yeah, with I was going to say. Nice Welcome everybody to the Strike Podcast, Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh has got uh, Anthony Hopkins. Who's next? Yeah, I've got a mark for death. So I'm not, I'm not taking part in this one. <laughs> I'm not touching that with a barge pole. <laughs> So that's kind of uh, as well where we we then lose the storyline from the the first two films and it goes off on its own, um, with the Bifrost kind of being destroyed once Hela takes over, um, and Loki and Thor being split. Um, once again, you think that Loki's dead, and he survives once more. How many more times can they pull the Loki is dead trick? Because at the end of every film, of years, so. yeah, every, at the end of every film, you think he's dead. Yeah, and then there he is. Um, is I, isn't he the best character though in the whole of the MCU? Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely the best villain. One of. Certainly one of, yeah, best villain certainly. Yeah, on the um, movies anyway. Yeah, um, and we'll see. Maybe Thanos might might take over, but I think just the Tom Hiddleston's performance has just always been so charismatic. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though you want to hate him, you can't. Yeah. Um, and I hope he does stick around. Um, or they might. In the comics, they've rebooted him. He's become a kid. He's become a woman. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't go down that route at some point. Very much yeah. like Doctor Who. <coughs> um, so we shall see with that. But I, I, taking us into the the new story, the. The kind of adaptation of, of Planet Hulk, obviously very different to, to the comic book and the, the cartoon version of Planet Hulk. Um, Valkyrie, 
our first, probably our first real new character that we get to learn yeah. quite a lot about. Um, I thought she was actually a great introduction, and it's it's nice yeah. to have a kind of another female superhero alongside him. Sif, I always felt was a little yeah. bit not be, less than him. Stiffer, yeah. Um, <coughs> and her character, beca- I, I thought her character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. became a little bit better. She became a bit mm. more jokey. She took on a bit of the Thor persona when she was in there. But the, the two films, um, kind of, they weren't great, not great performance. I just don't think she was written particularly well. I don't think they ever had any real it's plans not for her. Fault, basically, yeah. No. Um, no. I think it was she, a case I mean, of she's they had in those to. shows she's in now, yeah. like yeah. blind spot and that. Yeah, exactly. And I think they always just felt that they needed to fit them in. And and obviously, I know this is the point where Tony's going to run um, when I bring this up. Is the, the <laughs> death of the Warriors three? Oh yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was Tony's finished. I was not impressed with that at the time. I have to say. Really? And one of them didn't even get any lines. Um, I think people have pointed out uh, since then that it's kind of used to demonstrate just how merciless she is. But I just felt they could have, if they didn't want them in the film, they could have just written them out somehow in the same way that Jamie wasn't available and just had them and Sif off doing something somewhere else. So just use them as cannon fodder just seemed like a real cheap trick. Well, you yeah. think about it, in the first Thor film, they were in it for all of about maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. The second one, they were hot, must have been in it for 10 minutes at the start when Thor's, like, stopping. Is it a rebellion at the start of the Dark World? Something like that. Um, they're in it for about 10 minutes of that. So, you think about it, the screen time was just getting less and less. They were probably going to do it eventually. Mm. And I definitely think now that we've we found out since that obviously Zach Levi's now being cast as Shazam, um, yeah. I do yeah. wonder whether that had something to do with it as well. Maybe. Yeah, they might have known early on, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that that casting's been known for a while. We've known that The Rock is playing Black, Black Adam for a while. Um, yeah. I do wonder whether Zach's been cast for He's uh, said he's been training for a while already, so I think it was known before that film came out yeah. um, that he'd already taken that, that role. Um, and it's a shame because... Both myself and Tony were huge Zach Levi fans anyway, before yeah. he yeah. was in in Thor. Um, Chuck from The Office. Yeah. From Chuck. Yeah, good boys. Yeah. So, and it, it's sad to see them killed off. We now know that Sif is still around somewhere. Uh, <laughs> there is rumours that she's in Infinity War. Um, we, like we, shall, we shall see. She may even pop up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again, now that we, we know that they are going to be in space for... For some of the, yeah. the next season, it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if we don't see her pop up. Especially, I can't see Black Spot getting another, another renewal. Blind Spot, even. Um, it was lucky to get a second season. Anyway. Yeah, it was on the cusp, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those things. A lot of series don't get more than two years. They're normally given two years, and if their ratings don't get better, then they're gone. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll see her somewhere in the next year or so. Um, but Can I just rewind? And did you just say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are going into space? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you not oh, watch the end of the last series? I did, yeah. But I've slept since then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, Craig. I did watch the finale about a week ago, so just to remind myself. Just give us a dead quick what happened then. Basically, every, the entire world is gunning for S.H.I.E.L.D. So, the entire team went to a diner, had a couple of pancakes, the lights got turned out, they got frozen in time and taken into space. And that's, I'm guessing that's, that's, that's a deliberate choice with the new movies coming out as well, yeah. to put them in the same sort of background. Because it oh, will boy. definitely tie into the, um, Infinity War, I reckon. Uh, yeah, there'll be, mm. there'll be something, and... And after the last episode that we did, there's now rumours that if Disney do buy Fox, um, everything will move under Kevin Feige. Uh, the TV oh. shows, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of that, because obviously there's some TV shows involved in that deal. Um, and hopefully that will then start tying things together for everybody's sake, I think. 
Yeah. Um, All under one roof, finally. Yeah. And oh, Ike Perlmutter must be so close to retirement now. Um, Got so it makes sense to, to give everything and put it all under one roof. But going back, obviously, we were talking about Valkyrie. Um, I really enjoyed the kind of rough and ready version of it to start with, the the one that's already been through some things that she probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, and And for me, the best relationship probably with the main characters was her and Hulk. Um, yeah. I really like that dynamic between the two of them. That obviously she's the one that's kind of brought out that intelligence in him um, that we hadn't seen before. That he's had a relationship with someone, a, a friendly relationship as the Hulk. Um, and I think I think that certainly shone for for Mark Ruffalo's performance um, and for hers as well. Uh, and I know she's kind of been introduced as, as a possible love interest for Thor, but there was also talk that she's come out and said that the character is bisexual, which would be a first for, for a Marvel character yeah. in the MCU. Um, I know they cut some stuff out that did confirm that she was. Um, but it's interesting. They, they certainly gave us a r- rounded character, I think, for someone that was that we'd only just met. Mm. She, I mean... I I thought she was a bit too much of an arsehole, to be honest, at the start of it. Because you think, oh, she comes across her prince, basically, quite literally. And you you would think that even if she did quit being a Valkyrie because she's an Asgardian, she's uh, sort of bound to help him out because of who he is. I just... I thought he put a little bit more respect into the character in that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think throughout the film, obviously, by the end of it, she she's very respectful once she knows. Oh, yeah. he, Once she knows that he is now her king, um, and what he's done. Obviously, he proves himself later on in the film um, that he is worthy to be be the king of Asgard. Um, yeah. I, I mentioned one little side character. We can, and I, I was going to bring that up, and I'm, I'm guessing you're going with uh, the one that was very different amen, the comic book. Amen, I'm, I'm Korg, I'm Korg, I'm sort of like the leader here of the this like rebellion. He was absolutely phenomenal, wasn't he? <laughs> that, that, that is such a perfect character. Is he a thing in the, is he a, in the comic books, is he, is he, he is. a hero? Yeah. Um, he's very, very different in the comic books. Oh, cool. He's a proper full-on, like, arrogant tosser, basically. Yeah. He's basically Valkyrie's character. Oh, right. His personality in that. In the comics, that's what he is. Well, he's totally, totally... Di- is he a, a blue rock monster? He is. He's a rock monster, but he's not really blue. Well, no. He, he looks, No, he looks more like the Thing when you think about it. Yeah, yeah and, he was quite Thing-like, yeah. Yeah. And they have come out and actually confirmed that we... Technically, we met him earlier than that. He was he was in the first Thor film. <laughs> was he? And they had to... Yeah, they had to rewrite it. The, the first fight that Thor has in the first film was meant to be Korg. Oh, my God. Um, and that was yeah, the way I, they I was wrote it. the Dark World, you know, when yeah. Thor just, like, he does the, he have, what is it, the Indiana Jones moment? Yeah. And just spins the hammer and whacks him. Yeah. Um, but no, the, fir- the first fight when Thor's on the planet, when he's kind of doing everything that Odin tells him not to, um, right. that is Korg. Um, yeah. And they've had to kind of reboot it and now say that it isn't him. Um, but it, obviously a relation of him. He was a rock monster um, from the same planet, but um, not Korg anymore. But yeah, that was... We'll mention it now. It was actually the director. It was Taika that, that played that character um, yeah. and directed himself um, and spent most of the time on set in mocap suits. So he was wearing a Lycra cat suit with some spots over his face. Um, while trying to direct people. Um, you could not take a man less seriously, could you? No, you really couldn't. And and I thought he did a really good job. And, and as I said, I felt that that was kind of the change. 
I was worried that Thor would be the joke yeah. throughout the film, and it wasn't. There was there was characters like Korg um, that kind of took that away and and gave Thor that chance. And I know he there was that that great scene when they when he was talking about the hammer. Um, oh, and you, <laughs> you were laughing. Yeah, and you were laughing with Thor because he was <laughs> trying to explain it, not oh, laughing at him. God. Is that the whacking off bit? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like saying that he had sex with the hammer. He's like, you have a really intimate relationship with this hammer. I couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> I was crying with laughter. Sitting there with me kids. <laughs> but, kids didn't get it, but I did. Oh, and, I, was, I was dead. And that's the thing. I think that that is very much the change in the dynamics within within the Thor films um, mm-hmm. that that kind of changed and has changed for the better yeah um, and, I, and I think at, at this point we do have to talk about the, the Hollywood royalty that I mentioned earlier um, in the one and only Mr. Go- Jeff Goldblum oh god um, what an introduction you, he is just Jeff Goldblum in whatever he does but he doesn't need to do anything but play Jeff Goldblum no the thing is, this this is just a personal thing for me. You are all probably completely different on this, but when um, I used to watch like all the old old Marvel animated shows, you know, like the old Ultimate Spider-Man, the Avengers, and all that, when the Grandmaster was in those shows, he was a lot more grounded and serious, and I really liked that. And Wasn't he I, blue as well? Yeah, yeah, he was blue on on that as well. But I liked that version of the character, and. I'm going to get loads of flack for this, but I didn't like Jeff Goldblum's version. I like Jeff Goldblum, don't get me wrong, but I didn't like that iteration. I didn't. Shoot me. There's some more hate for Josh after the the DC comments the other day. Um, (laughs) But um, I I like it, and I like the way they've started to build up, as I I mentioned earlier. Um, The Collector... His building did make an appearance in God, in, um, in Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Um, they are very much tying up the fact that they are brothers. They don't mention it in, in the film. Um, but anybody that's looked at our Facebook page will see our cover photo is actually Jeff Goldblum and Benicio Del Toro sitting next to each other. And that picture is actually in the ride. Um, so they're, they're definitely playing it up that they're brothers. Um, which I think is great. Uh, I like that that interconnectivity between things like that. And and by all accounts, they will meet in Avengers Four. Um, it has now been mentioned that that Jeff Goldblum will be in the in the fourth Avengers film. Um, we know after the leaked screen grabs from the trailer the other day um, that Benicio del Toro is back as the Collector in in Part Three in Infinity War. Um, his collection is shown destroyed, um, and it, it, that doesn't really come as a big surprise for anybody, I don't think, when we now know that Thanos is after the, the Infinity Gems or Stones, whichever one yeah. you want to call it. Um, so that would be great. I really want to see the dynamic, because Benicio is clearly quite serious in whatever role he takes, um, and was as the collector, despite the f- the kind of overacting, it was still very serious in tone. Um, yeah. Whereas Jeff Goldblum's was quite clearly over the top, comedic, um, and it'd be interesting to see those two work together. I think. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, then let's talk about the the fight scenes. the The Thor versus Hulk fight is great. Yeah. One of the best I think that they've done. It was absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. I love the. I, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say the Loki bit jumping up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, I, I love that. I kind of wish they hadn't spoiled it in one of the trailers either. I think it yeah. would have been best left that we didn't know that Loki was there um, watching the fight and not knowing that it was Hulk. Um, 
but that whole uh, that whole thing that that is a friend from work has become a big thing. I say it all the time now. Yeah, I say it all the time. I go, he's a friend from work. Um, (laughs) And I just thought it was great when he tries when he thinks that he's actually got through to him that he knows who he is. And then all of a sudden, the the rage just, you just see it drain into Hulk's face. It's like, fuck this. I haven't got a clue who he is. I'm just going to take him out. Um, Yeah, that's what annoyed me because I wanted to see the two of them go at it more. But he kept trying to say to him, hey, big guy, son's getting real low. And I was like, no, just stop it and just start hitting each other in the face. Yeah, and you can see that moment where Thor realises... That he's in that trouble. Yeah. Um, and I quite like those those scenes that followed that as well in the apartment when when yeah. Hulk does kind of realise who he is. Um, kind of the the red mist dis- disperses and he kind of like, oh, I am going to be friends with him. I do kind of have a remnant of something that I know he was someone I I knew. Um, yeah. The scene I didn't need was. Hulk's ass. Oh, God, I no. really didn't need to see that. Oh, um, I did. I wanted to see his dong. Well, Thor did. <laughs> so, Thor did, and I was jealous. <laughs> I want to know, was it as big as Thor's hammer? Exactly. Put it this way, length or girth, that's what you want to know. Oh. And is it great? <laughs> I think it had a... <laughs> I think it probably had a bit of everything. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine the size of his testicles? Bloody hell. Big um, tennis balls. <laughs> but I, I like that, that interaction within within that apartment. And then adding Valkyrie as she kind of gets immersed into to what's going on. Um, I quite liked. Uh, and again, there, there's some comedy from Hulk. I like that now Ruffalo is in charge of the voice. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's no longer Lou Ferengo. Um it should be Ruffalo for me. It's it's his part. He's playing that part. Um, well, not only that, I kind of... I've wanted to see Hulk talk because he always talked in the comics. And yeah. I didn't like the fact that the only thing he ever said was Hulk smash or, you know, Hulk and then a word to describe how he's feeling or yeah. what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I like that whole scene where Thor tries to make out that he's similar to Hulk. The Hulk-like fire. Hulk like raging fire. I, <laughs> I really like that that interaction, yeah. and and I, I I hope we see more of that in in the upcoming films. We know obviously from the leaked Infinity War trailer that Thor isn't with Hulk anymore um, at that point, and I, and it's going to be interesting to see how that comes about. I think. Um, and moving on, once they've escaped, I like again a bit of comedy with the trying to get the ship to work. Um, I thought oh, it was really clever as well. It, yeah. yeah, when he, when he Thor tries to get it to activate and he can't get it to work, and then then Hulk comes in and says it's it's Bruce Banner, and they go welcome, strongest Avenger, and I and you just see the look on Thor's face going, oh fuck, really? So that that was genius, mate. I loved it. Yeah. Going through all the passwords. Yeah. So, but I I just thought they were great. I really I really did like those interactions early on. Um, then they head back to to Asgard. Um, I felt Heimdall's character wasn't overly utilised. Again, I know Idris Elba's come out and said that he wasn't a particular fan. Of, of what was happening with the character, he was kind of left out. Um, there was a couple of little interactions that were that were quite nice, um, especially the one with Thor when when Heimdall finds him. Um, oh, when he they, he makes him see through his mind. Yeah, and I, yeah. I thought that was quite clever, and I and I want to see more of that, um, and hopefully we will in Infinity War. That obviously yeah. the rumor that's going around now is. That maybe Heimdall's got the last Infinity Stone. Um, you reckon it's his eyes, don't you? Do you yeah, it could again? be. There was also talk that it could be in the sword that he carries. Oh yeah, true. Um, 
Well, what what did Loki look at? Well, Loki looked at the Tesseract, which we already know is an Infinity Stone. Right? Yeah, it's definitely Nectar. Yeah, we saw that in the in the the earlier Avengers films. We, uh, we and it was in Thor as well. Yeah. So. Right. Um, oh, and the Infinity Gauntlet is a fake. Which is a fake. Yeah, that was a nice way out of it. I I like that. That was a a nice easy way out. But um, the thing is, though, you should actually already know because if you look at it, that one that you see is a right-handed uh, gauntlet. And the one at the end of the end credit scene with Thanos from Age of Ultron, I think the, that one he puts on, I think that's also a, a right, is it? I think that's also a right-handed Possibly one that he might puts be, on. Yeah, I definitely know the one that Josh Brolin wore at Comic-Con was right-handed. Yeah. Um, I think that's the one Thanos is famous for, you know, on the cover of Infinity War, the comic. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the one that he's got on, the right one. Yeah. And now I think Adam Warlock's got the uh, the left one. So, yeah, but definitely, definitely interesting to see where where it's all gonna all gonna tie in. Um, but again, we get to the to the end and the the, the major fight scene um, between everybody. Um, it, I, I felt that was, I don't know whether it was great or not, I'm kind of, I've got mixed views on it, because it kind of, it felt like a lot of split storylines all over the place, mm. um, obviously you want to see, um, you want to see what Hulk's doing, you want to see what Loki's doing, you want to see what Thor's doing, and you want to see what Valkyrie's doing, it's just a little bit difficult when you put them all in different places throughout Asgard. Um, and I actually think better than anything. I think probably the the change of Thor, where he becomes the proper god of thunder. Um, oh yeah, it's probably the best bit of that fight scene. That um, that that was just epic. I mean, you see it in the trailer, but like when you see it on the screen, it's better. Yeah, and I think at this point we have to to bring up the fact that when we saw the trailers, Thor had both of his eyes. Yeah, Once we saw it in the film, he does not. He only has one eye, just like his father now. Um, I didn't like that, you know. I didn't he, like it. It's following, it's following the comic book. He he has become yeah, King mm. Thor. Um, but the thing is, if they're going down that route, then if he gets a new hammer, I want the huge axe from the Ultimate Universe. I, and I. I think Chris Hemsworth has spoken about that. Mm. Um, I also think that part of the reason why they've got rid of his eye is to fight back at Chris Hemsworth. Um, I think he got some backs up when he asked to have his hair cut. Uh, mm, I don't think they were particularly happy about it. And we've now seen from some of the leaked stuff for Infinity War is that he has to wear a wig again. Um, which he loves. Apparently, I um, quite like the the haircut on Thor now. I quite like it. It's grown. I've got no problems with it, but I think yeah. I definitely think he got some backs up when he asked to do it. Mm. Um, because people know Thor as the golden. Yeah, exactly. So why didn't he just grow his hair? Why did he have to wear a wig? Because he's a special Hollywood actor, Craig. They get what they want. He. The first Avengers was his hair. He did actually grow it for the first one. The first Thor was a wig. A very bad wig. Yeah, you could tell. Um, but by the second Thor, he cut his hair again for another role. Um, and had to wear a wig again. Uh, oh, okay. And I think he got sick and tired of being in makeup for a couple of hours to get it done. Um, but I think, I don't think it went down particularly well with the hierarchy at Marvel when he asked for it to be done. So now, not only does he have to wear an eye patch, he also has to wear a wig again. Um, <laughs> so, and I, as I said, any of the, the, the fight scene bits stand out for you guys? Um, I think it was... I wanted to see more of Hulk versus... What was the name of the wolf? Uh, I can't remember the name of the no, wolf. I no, I can't either. Anyway, the wolf. Um, I wanted to see more of that because I think that could have been like a very um, destructive fight that would have got a lot of 
probably even like like little kids going, oh cool. Just like I, I wanted to see a bit more of that because I think that was just literally he grabbed hold of its jaw, flung it away, and then everyone got on the ship and freaked off. But don't you think um, we're jumping all over the place a little bit now, like but where <coughs> Bruce Banner jumps out? There was a reveal. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and he's literally lying there with his broken body, with his eyes round the back of his head. Oh, I it, it just hits the deck. It's, it, there's not even a, there's not even a moment to take it in. He literally just goes whack, bang, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Because <laughs> I thought he was going to hulk up halfway down and land, and like it'd be a big like superhero landing moment. Yeah, but like no, just and and I actually think that's possibly has to do with something with the bigger arc is that Bruce is no longer in control. Yeah, the Hulk will come whenever he wants, and if he doesn't want to, then he he doesn't. And I think he he wanted to see Banner get hurt. Puny um, Banner. Yeah, basically, and, and I love that interaction as well when he try, when he starts calling him Banner again. And yeah. the Hulk really doesn't like it. Um, and I, I thought that was a nice through story from what we've seen previously when when Tony's called him exactly that. Um, and, I, and I did like that, that it, it came through. And, and something you mentioned earlier, Josh, I, I actually like the, the whole repeating uh, Black Widow's calming mm. down. I actually thought it was quite nice. That they did that. That it was. It's now something that all the Avengers do. That Thor yeah, had think, obviously learned. I think it was like obviously a clever idea to make it a callback, but I didn't like the repetitiveness of it because I thought like, okay, he's used it once. That's a good tactic to like try and get him to yeah. hulk down rather than obviously hulk up. Um, and then I thought second time he used it, I was like, okay, he's he's tried that before. That's a bit strange. But then like he uses it a third, and you're like. Listen, lad, you've got to realise that's not working now. You just yeah. need to but, knock the but, fella out. But that's all he had, though, wasn't it? That's why he kept mm. going back to it. Yeah. I think he just uh, he just needed to realise that, for want of a better pun, he needs to just spark him out. But he didn't in the end, did he? Mm. It was a combination of Black Widow and the Calm Down. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that was really nice to, to give a call back to what we'd seen at the end of Age of Ultron. Yeah. Uh, just to tie it in, to have that same oh, yeah, video play. Like that. Um, that obviously did wind him up as well, to know. And, and I believe that Infinity War will deal with the fallout of, of that relationship. And by the sound of it, there will be no relationship anymore between the two of them. Um, and it sounds like it could possibly break Black Widow. Um, Scarlet's come out and said that it was a very, very hard thing yeah, to I do. Yeah, I think she, she might even go grey with the stress of it, you know? Possibly. Yeah. yeah quite literally. Um, so, and I can't... Let, we've got to move on to, to the end of the film and, and what it means for, for the future. I think, obviously, the comic books talk about Asgard being on Earth, and, and we saw that where Odin ended up. Um, yeah. With that change of, change of storyline, that when we first saw the clips that... Odin was on, on Earth, he was in New York, um, and that's how Doctor Strange found him, that he was a, basically a bum living in yeah. New York. And they changed that story, and and he had a little part of Asgard on in Norway. Um, yeah, that, I, I really liked that. I thought that was a great uh, sort of history thing, you know, for the Norse mythology. I really liked that. Yeah. And and that, that obviously the film leaves us on the, the cliffhanger that they are probably heading to Earth. Um, He's done that in the comics as well. Yeah, and uh, only to be stopped by by Thanos. Yeah. Um, with his giant ship in the way. His giant ship, oh. I said, Craig. It was a very big ship. <laughs> um, not like your uh, King Kong's finger. Oh, that still hurts. <laughs> um, and and the. At that point, it kind of looks like Loki may be on Thor's side now, that he possibly has changed. Um, I think he might betray him again and give the Tesseract to Thanos. Do you know, with the, inner, with the inner lift where Thor gives a little 
the little story about getting stabbed as an eight-year-old by Loki. Yeah. yeah. And did you see Loki's smile? Yeah. I think that was a, that was a real smile. That, that wasn't acting that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like That's, a like a blooper moment, but like they kept it in because it, it looked like he was acting. Yeah, I think it was a blooper moment, definitely. Yeah. I, but I, it was just beautiful. And I really hope that the, the brothers do now stay together. I think what we've seen of of Loki with the Tesseract, I actually think that's part of the flash, flashback. Or the mm. the fact that they're pushed into the past again. Um, I think that's where that that's possibly coming from. I think... I think it's going to be interesting to see that relationship. Will Loki become a member of the Avengers at some point? Um, we don't know. But that, we know that all four of those characters are, are going to be in Infinity War. Tessa Thompson's confirmed that Valkyrie will be in there as well. Um, so it's, it's kind of a lovely way to end it. Uh, I don't know whether Korg will be I in want, it. I want Korg and little Mick. Do you remember Mick? Mick's gotten knives for hands. He looks like Pickle Rick, actually, to look at him. That's just a Rick and Morty thing for anyone who knows what that is. But was that the thing that was laying eggs? Yes. Yeah, yeah it was it, yeah? Yeah, that, that they thought was dead. And then oh, started yeah. talking again. Oh, oh no, Mick's dead. Mick's dead. Oh, Mick, you're alive! Oh, I thought that was a really, a really nice way to end the film, obviously tying into the next one, but them all being a team I think whereas previous team films have kind of everybody's gone their own ways yeah we even saw that at the end of Age of Ultron people left the Avengers practically disbanded yeah Yeah, uh, and a new team took over and it, it's kind of nice that the team that was throughout the whole film are still together at the end yeah and there's one character that we've so not talked how... about go on then is Carl Urban as Scourge. Oh, yeah. And I think the reason why we've not really talked about it, I really didn't like the character. I, forgot, I completely forgot who he was in, to be honest. Possibly the worst accent in the MCU ever. <laughs> Which um, one was he again? He's the one that... He's basically he's, the janitor. Yeah, he's the guy that ends up becoming Hayler's right-hand man. Oh, he had this confused look on his face all the way through the film. And and normally I love Kyle Urban. He was I loved him in in Lord of the Rings. Arthur. He was great as Judge Dredd. He's great as Arthur. as Bones. Yeah, in, yeah. in Star Trek. I just I just didn't like the character, and and I think that's why we've not spoken about him. It's, it was just there was no point in him to be honest. The only reason that he was there was for that little bit at the end when they're fighting the zombie monsters and he just got starts shooting them. That's the only reason he's there, to sacrifice himself at the end of it. But you don't actually feel sorry for him that he's probably being killed. Yeah, I, I was like, why why are they even showing him sneaking onto the ship? What's he going yeah. to do now? Yeah. Because he, he wasn't particularly sly or he was... You know, he, he didn't act out anything he was supposed to act out. Yeah. He wasn't happy. He was just surviving, wasn't he? Yeah. All the way through the film, just to give himself up in the end and die. Spoilers. Hashtag. <laughs> so, I, I think that covers most of the story. Do, do you guys have anything that you want to bring up before we, we finish up? Well, have we seen how the box office has done? Uh, they're just about to hit 700 million worldwide. Yeah. Now, Which, that to me is a, su- a success. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, three hours ago, I think apparently it's past it. Yeah. Yeah, it has, yeah. So, I, I, I'm relatively, compared to the previous Thor films, it's done relatively well. Were they uh, bigger? No, they, I don't think either of them made it over 600 million. So it's definitely yeah. smashed yeah. it then, hasn't it? And it took more than Spider-Man then, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah? It has. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's a success then. It's definitely, um, if you listen to um, This After Dark, Pop After Dark, whatever it's called, where Nick and his mate, when they reviewed uh, for Wagner Walk, um, 
Nick puts it in his top five MCU movies. And I tend to agree with him. It's right up there for me. I smiled all the way through the film. It's definitely my favourite of the year. Um, as I said to you, Craig, I felt it had to be seen on the big screen. Um, Definitely. Yeah. It's very I'm cinematic. So went, yeah. um, much more than Spider-Man. Without Spider-Man's, it's kind of close quarters Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man has, is one you could probably wait for a DVD release. Yeah, it's it's not one of those big action films. He's not swinging yeah. through the city yet. I don't feel you need to be able to see everything that's going on because I don't think there was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, it was just what you were looking at in that one one frame. Whereas this, there was so much going on around it. As as I mentioned earlier, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in the background. Um Definitely need to see it on the big screen. Uh, and I, my order this year would be Thor, Spider-Man, Guardians. Um, and I opened the year by saying that Guardians 2 was far better than the first one. Mm. Um, so that just shows how good the films have progressed this year, I think. Yeah. Um, and that they didn't rely on what's to come. Yeah, they, 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 it was a story. You could have watched this Thor movie without knowing anything else. Yeah. yeah. Whereas some of the other Marvel films have had so much uh, setting up of what's coming next that it detracted from the story. Yeah. This wasn't. This was its own thing. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's definitely in my top half of films, of the Marvel films. Oh, uh, God, yeah. It's not... It wouldn't be in my top five still. Um... The three Captain Americas are in that top five, whatever. First Avengers will always be in there. And probably the first Iron Man will always be in that top five. I don't think that that's, top five... That's got to be. That's the, that's yeah. the start point, isn't it? Um, maybe the first Captain America might drop out at some point, depending on what Infinity War is like. Um, but the other four, I think, are steadfast there for a while. Um, but I, I would rank this Thor up with the Ant-Mans and the Doctor Strangers... Um, mm. of the last few years for me um, well above the first two Thors though I love the first Thor just due to the, the Shakespearean aspect of it um, I really like Kenneth Branagh's directing of that first one but it, yeah. it is above above that first one and it's it's above probably both the Iron Man the, the Iron Man sequels um, I'd probably stick it are in you ex- are you excited for Black Panther God, yeah. I don't know. I am. Oh, I am. I like... I loved Black Panther in the last film. That yeah. Was in. I am so excited. See, I felt Black Panther was stuffed in because they had to in Civil War. I didn't feel he was needed. Um, I, that's nothing against Chadwick Boseman either. I think his portrayal was fine. I just didn't feel the story needed him. Oh no, I'm I'm really pumped. Uh, but I like the characters. I like the actors that they've cast. Yeah. I, I obviously I like Andy Serkis. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and I met Andy Serkis 15 years ago um, for the first time, and I've met him a couple of times since. Um, and will always love his portrayal of Gollum. I love him as Caesar in Planet of the oh, Apes as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to him. Uh, and my mind's gone completely blank at who's playing <laughs> Killmonger um, but I loved him in Creed uh, Michael B. Jordan's in yeah. it, Forrest Whitaker's in it Ma- Michael Lupita B. Jordan Nyong'o's in it, yeah. Star Wars um, yeah I love Michael else. B. Jordan in, in Creed, I thought that was a great performance um, so the cast is great I'm I'm just not sure that we need a political film at this Junction of, of the MCU. Is anyone else in this film? Like the, a lot of the Marvel films of late, there's been, you know, Spider Man, Iron Man, obviously Thor, Hulk. Is anybody else in the Black Panther film? Not that's no, been confirmed, alone, isn't it? Yeah. No. Uh, no, I said it's not been confirmed. Oh, sorry, I thought you said someone else. Um, don't be surprised if one of the end credits oh, uh, yeah. features a certain metal armed. Ex spy, hmm. um, 
to bring him back for Infinity War. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a star-spangled man either um, at some point. But I think the story doesn't warrant having anyone else in it. Um, my my issue with another political story is that I thought they did that with Winter Soldier. Um, oh, see, I love Winter Soldier. Yeah, so do that's I. Why I'm for it, I yeah. And I think that's going to take a lot to beat. Yeah, that's true, actually. I'm, I'm still really, really excited for it, and I don't think it's going to be as like good as uh, Winter Soldier was handled by the Russos, but I still think it'll be really good, because if you watch those trailers, it looks action-packed, well-told for the story, but then again, trailers can be deceiving on that front, but I just think it's going to be amazing. I have to say I'm more excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ooh, of the two actually, solo films yeah. next year. Mm, true. And plus there's an added bonus in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Just saying. Catwoman. Oh yes, Greg. Oh, oh yeah. Who is she in this? She's the original Wasp. No She's way. playing Michael Douglas's wife. Oh. He's pulled. I'm just saying. Michael Douglas was pulled. Though Evangeline Lilly's not bad, I won't go into the story of me meeting her in a hotel in Hollywood, but um, I think what that's... What re- Hollywood stays in Hollywood, Paul. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> let, let's end. I, I, I'm going to say now, I think we've lost Tony. We haven't heard from him for a while. Um, Someone best check, you know, because he was coughing his guts up before. He might actually be dead. We have spoken <laughs> to him, and it just doesn't seem to be coming through. Um... So let's do our, our scores. Let's start. Craig, you, you only saw Thor yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, yeah. Give us your score. Uh, out of the Craig scale, what was your I'll score? Uh, 87. It's right up there with, yeah. with the best. It's, if it, it's definitely in my top five. Um, it's very much Guardians of the Galaxy uh, tone. <sighs> yeah, I loved it. I need to see it again. I've, as very much as I do, I walked out to cinema and bought it straight away on iTunes. So that's always a good sign. Oh, yeah. Josh, what about you? Oh, I'm going to go a little bit lower than Craig, but still in the 80s, probably about 84. See, I'm, I'm going to go a bit lower. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the, the solid 80. Um, as I've said, uh, there's definitely films that I rank above it. Um, I've heard you're a bit of a ranker. <laughs> that might be what Tony's doing. Um, so, so, as I said, it's in the middle for me. It's it's around the Ant-Mans and the Doctor Strangers for me, and probably around the same level as Civil War. Um, and so, once again, listeners, thank you for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure. We've This is two podcasts in a month. That's the first time it's ever happened for Strike. Um, it is the plan to to continue doing this. In fact, we've got three episodes planned for next month. Um, we're going to do our Punisher review um, early in the month. Um, we're all part of the way through it. I'm, I think yeah. I'm the one that's the, done the least so far. Um, go and check out the Disaster Dark YouTube channel. I did a, a recap of the first episode. I'm not going to get to do another one tonight or tomorrow night um, because we're recording Dad tomorrow night. Um, so the next one will probably be Tuesday night. Uh, I've already watched episode two but not done a recap, so I'm going to do one for two and three. So go and check that out. The first one's there already, though. Um, as I said, the recap, the, the series recap will be on the podcast. We're recording 5th of December for that. Um, We've also got a, a guest star. We're welcoming Roger Palmer over from Dis Kingdom. He's going to come on and do a a kind of review of the top Marvel merchandise out on the out on the market at the moment for for everybody going out and doing their Christmas presents. That'll be that'll be around the middle of December. Um, so everybody that's doing their last minute shopping, they'll be able to listen to that. And then at the end of the year, we're going to do our our favourite. Uh, Marvel kind of events, whether it was in films 
or or comic cons and, and things like that, whether it's announcements and stuff. Uh, we're going to do that for our Christmas special this year. Um, after last year's, we did the Iron Man commentary last year. We're going to do something a little bit different. So, so keep listening. There's going to be plenty of um, stuff coming out from us. As always, go and listen to the rest of the podcasts on the After Dark Network. As I said, there'll be a new dad probably in the early hours of Tuesday morning um, with with our dear Wendy, our our great sponsor over at Dad. Um, I think Nick's going to be doing a, a pop after dark for a Justice League review, so all you DC fans out there, go and check that out. We won't be talking about DC on this podcast, as we've been told. Um, I don't know, I think we're doing a Universal After Dark as well this week. Um, hopefully we'll have a special guest booked on for that show soon. Um, but we won't spoil that. And I'm sure there'll be another ego before the end of the year, right Craig? Definitely, yeah. We're going to try and get uh, Malaby out of his cryogenic frozen hell. <laughs> or oh, oh, what, you mean from under his thumb? Yeah, under his beard's thumb. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Tony, I know you're still listening, despite the fact that we can't hear you. Um, Craig, thanks for joining me at, right at the last minute. I know you only came in literally minutes before we started recording. And Josh, thank I you for... always like to come just before we record, to be honest. <laughs> and Josh, thank you for joining us. I know how busy you are with the university at the moment, but I know you've got a quiet oh, week Oh, don't worry about it. It's always a pleasure. So... Don't be... He's a freaking tax-dodging student. <laughs> Craig, so... I'm saving you money to take it out on a big date, OK? You, you can stay in the house. I'll take your mum out. Don't you worry oh, all right, about then. it, lad. All right, then. So thank you once again, listeners, and and we'll speak to you again in in about two weeks. Thanks, guys. Bye. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast. Network.